the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2020 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. If this is the first time you're tuning into the show, hey, welcome aboard. Always looking to help new clients and listeners. Uh, this show, for those of you who know about it, the show is usually in two parts. We talk about estate planning and elder law. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, which is very important in today's world, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. Now, as most of you been following the show, we usually have one of the attorneys at our office, you know, join us for the first segment of the show. And today we have Harris Pappas. Harris, welcome to the show. How's it going, everybody? My name is Harris Pappas. And uh, I've been yeah, with tell the- us something about yourself. Yeah. So I've been with the firm for a little over seven years now. This is the first place that I practiced right out of law school. Uh, progressively and increasingly uh, have seen I think almost every aspect that we practice here uh, under the tutelage of Mr. Connors. So I'm seeing it from an estate planning perspective, from an estate's perspective. Uh, Unfortunately, when there's fighting and you have litigation, um, I'm involved in litigation as well, uh, and as well as the Medicaid planning and asset protection. So going to have a broad range here, full circle, as to what the firm has to offer. Yeah, and one of the problems we're having today, and when we talk about avoiding probate, you know, a lot of times it sounds like we're, you know, playing a broken record. But it's very important to avoid probate because we were talking earlier, sometimes people have no understanding of how long the delays can be if you go to probate in today's world. Absolutely. And it's from both sides, whether or not, and what I mean by both sides is whether or not you're the fiduciary appointed in charge of a loved one's estate or the beneficiaries. Uh, From a fiduciary standpoint, uh, we have to deal with the expectation of the client. More often than not, we're representing the the fiduciary of the estate or the trust, and we have to manage expectations as to the timetable here moving forward with an estate in New York, especially in the counties of Kings County and Queens County uh, in terms of the delays involved. And then also from a beneficiary standpoint, whether or not we're representing one or we're helping the fiduciary communicate with the beneficiaries to temper their expectations as well. Uh, um, 
as as if it was already bad enough of the of a movie's expectations of what should happen after somebody passes with a will they've also got a, an accelerated pace in their mind of maybe one or two months and anything above that is inexcusable yeah well here's the thing let's say for the sake of argument you got 10 nephews and nieces you leave all your nephews and nieces uh your house let's say in 10 equal shares uh and, and you think you know the will's in good shape there's nothing wrong with the will and you think hey you know, we should be able to sell the house in a couple of months. But then what's happening right now? So over the course of the last uh, almost two years now and, and ongoing, it's almost impossible to get a case pushed push through court in terms of jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is a fancy way of saying you, you need to have all the interested parties in the court system in that proceeding. And the judges are very slow to move a case forward, especially with what we call a citation. And and that could take easily six to eight months just to get a citation and not, not to even get the end result, which is that final court order that you want. So you're looking at easily a year to two years in terms of delay here, not the one to two months that the either the client, executor, or the beneficiary is expecting. Yeah, you know, like a few years back, let's say if you had two kids who got along and you, you had to will the probate and both kids signed a consent, it might have taken one or two months. And, you know, like some, you get some normal delays, like if you're getting into this time of year with the holidays, maybe it will go two plus months. But right now, I mean, I don't think it's any secret the Daily News wrote a series of articles about one surrogate court judge who did not sign an order in 18 months. And I don't think she signed a lot, a lot of orders in the last few months either on top of that. And you're not talking about a couple dozen files here. You're talking about hundreds and thousands of estates that are sitting in the court system, uh, delaying without any response, any answer, uh, whether or not it's our law firm calling in, the client calling in, letters being written. Uh, so nothing is going to move this forward with any sort of expediency, which is all the more reason to have emphasis on some good estate planning like Mr. Connors has spoken on. Yeah. Now, I, again, you may maybe hearing it from a different voice. How do you avoid probate? What do you tell a client to avoid probate? Uh, you're going to hear it over and over again, but to have your assets in a trust, uh, whether or not uh, a suitable trust is for you, we can discuss the options. But the, the two biggest ways are having a trust, especially for your real estate, and making sure that you have beneficiary designations on some of your bank accounts, any of your retirement accounts, life insurance policies. Any of those assets outside of real estate, you, you want to make sure you have beneficiaries listed on those accounts. But with, with specifically speaking to real estate, a trust is a very strong mechanism and tool to avoid the headache and delays of, of the probate court system. And here's one of the things maybe we don't spend enough time talking about, litigation. One of the best ways to avoid litigation or put yourself, your, our client, let's say, or yourself in a position where your heirs don't have to litigate the cases through a trust agreement. Can you can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so a, a trust agreement can solve multiple issues, and, and it can be a, a solution to, in addition to expediency and moving things along quickly, more quickly after death, it can be a tool to defend against litigation, and it could further strengthen your what we call a testamentary plan, right? If you wish to pass your assets to your loved ones, the, the only mechanism that you may be familiar with right now is a will, but, but it shouldn't be the only mechanism. You should have a trust in addition to a will because having a trust makes it entirely more difficult for one of your heirs, whether or not you intended them to be an heir or not. Uh, New York law designates your heirs 
and they have certain rights. So if you have a trust in place, it's a further shield to your plan and it makes it much more difficult for them to contest your estate because they have to first pierce through your trust and secondarily your will. So it's as if you have two defenses lined up for anybody wanting to challenge your estate. Yeah, ordinarily, especially if you want to do it on a different day, if somebody wants to challenge your estate, they have to bring a lawsuit in surrogate's court. And in a lot of cases, you can jump the gun and do a lawsuit in Supreme Court. So that way they have to win two trials, which is not that easy, one by jury, one by judge. It's very easy. And of course, if you do another will, you may make it three trials. And that practically defeats the opposition because there's just too much work to be done. And, and, just, and you may not remember this, but listen, 40 years ago, the number of will contests we would see would, would, didn't happen very much. Brothers and sisters got along. They understood the re- reason why mom or dad are doing things. But today we got families. We got kids from one marriage, kids from another marriage. And there seems to be a lot more litigation going on today than and even percentage-wise than, than I saw when I was practicing law. Just in, in the, the recent years that, that I've been experienced or exposed to estate litigation, when the fight looks easy, you're inviting a fight. So if, if you have a testamentary plan that looks uh, to a, an opposing counsel, maybe somebody trying to hire an attorney to contest your estate, when it looks easy, you're going to invite a fight against your estate. The more roadblocks and defenses that you have, the more difficult it is for that heir to find an attorney willing to take that fight. Uh, so it almost cuts off uh, the the argument or, or the ability of somebody to retain counsel to contest your estate. The more defenses you have in place. I've, I've seen it in settlement negotiations before anything's even filed. You send them all the documents up front, say, listen, there's a long-standing plan here. Uh, I don't know what you think you're going to have your client argue in court, uh, but you may want to reconsider your position. And it ends up working a large deal, a large percentage of the time. Yeah, like let's go back to this again. Let's say you do a will in 2018. You do a trust in 2019. You do another will in 2020. If somebody's going to try to upset your plan and go to court to upset it, they have to knock out the 2020 will, the 2019 trust, and the 2018 will. And no lawyer can take that a contingency because no lawyer can take a case saying, well, I'll, I'll get paid if I win three cases. You know, it's just, and, and of course, if they're paying by the hour, well, then you can start, you know, you can bleed them dry almost in those three cases. And you hate to look at it from that perspective, but we see it from that perspective as attorneys. And we started discussing about the delays here, but it's it's very important to discuss the the benefits of a trust and, and avoiding the delays of the probate system, cutting off their first opportunity to challenge. It, it also makes it entirely more difficult for them to press forward in a, in this fight in a court battle. And attorney's fees are an inherent part of that. Right. So if you're making it more difficult for that attorney to either get paid or for the client to pay them and make it uh, so that they have to have a, a prolonged battle, they may think twice. They may think twice about challenging. And, I, you know, I just want to get back to our first point. You're the only reason you're not you're not doing the trust to cut down on litigation. You got two kids who get along. You have a house. You leave the house. to Your two kids get along in a tr- in a will. This still may take. It might take two years. I mean, that's a bad example, but it's happening. It might take two years before your kids can sell that house. It's It would have been a little bit of a, an exaggeration if we were discussing this two, three years ago. But right now, we currently have court filings that are from uh, July of 2020 
where it's uncontested. We have three equal shares or two equal shares. All the kids get along. Everybody's in agreement. And we still don't have a court order. And the kids are still not able to sell their parents' home or to transfer their parents' home. Uh, so it's not an exaggeration currently in, in today's climate in the court system to say that if everything is equal shares and nobody is fighting, that you, your kids are going to have to wait two, almost two years to get your house, to get mom and dad's house. And I think some of the worst cases are co-ops, especially if you got a, a mortgage on the co-op, because if between paying the mortgage, paying the maintenance, and maybe there's not that much equity in the co-op, not as, you know, like if you had a $1.5, 2000000 million house. Correct. You don't have that much equity. And before you know it, the equity in that co-op is gone. You're paying the maintenance, you're paying the mortgage, you you know. The bank's going to be unforgiving. The co-op management, the board is going to be unforgiving for the co-op. And if you're looking at an apartment, it's a one or two bedroom. You're not looking at the same equity that you have in a one or two family, not nearly the same amount. So if an apartment's worth three, 400000 and there's a decent-sized mortgage and the maintenance is increasing for 24 months, it's going to eat at a huge chunk of the equity in the co-op. All right. Now, let's talk a little personal. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school? Where'd you go to college and law school? So I grew up here in Brooklyn. Uh, I went to high school in the city, Xavier High School. Um, and then I went to Ursinus College, U-R-S-I-N-U-S College, small liberal arts school out in Pennsylvania. Uh, I wrestled there. One of the main reasons that I went there, in addition to the academics and the education, I went there to wrestle. Um, and then I came back here, back to New York City, St. John's for law school. Uh, and then after law school... I'm here at Connors and Sullivan. All right. And another thing, you know, you speak other languages, especially Greek, but give yeah, a little bit of your background. It, it doesn't hurt to, to have the second or third language when you're trying to relate to a client. Uh, being able to speak Greek and, and uh, being able to empathize or to communicate more effectively with clients that have English as a second language, when, when you communicate with them in their primary language, it helps them feel more at ease, especially with estate planning when you're discussing some difficult topics of how to leave your assets and, and maybe it's a little bit touchy. Maybe everything isn't as uh, peaceful uh, as a lot of families are and, and it helps. It does help to have the client open up more. Uh, I understand a little bit of Spanish as well, not to say that I'm going to communicate in Spanish with clients. We have other Spanish-speaking employees and an attorney here for that, but it does help to have that and, and culturally to be able to relate to them, whether or not we've had experiences, uh, if you're European or South American, it helps tremendously to relate to the client. Okay, well, I think we're going to need to take a short break, but Harris, thank you very much for being on uh, Ask Lawyer. Thank you for having me. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. 
family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646. Or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. And, you know, we shifted gear in one second. One attorney went out the door. Another attorney came in the door. Alex Whitaker, welcome to the segment of Connors Corner. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay. So um, tell the audience a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to high school, college, law school? Sure. So I'm uh, from Bay Ridge originally, right here. And I went to Xavier High School. Then I went to Fordham University. Did 17 years in total of Catholic education before going to New York Law School for my law degree. All right. Now I'm detecting the pattern here. Michael, where'd you go to high school? Xavier High School. I think we've got three Xavier, <laughs> Xavier graduates on, on, the show on one today. radio show today. Yes. <laughs> that might be, remember when Mike Cotters was on our show? Yep. Three the Mike actor, Connors and he said we have show. a record for Mike Connors as being on the same show. <laughs> Um, so Alex, you know, you have a question going around or a point you want to discuss? Sure. Yeah. So something that I see a lot of, especially older clients have uh, concerns about is asset protection, especially when they're thinking about possibly applying for Medicaid. So what ways can someone, uh, protect their assets for, uh, themselves and also their families down the line? And also how can you best kind of Explain to them that this is probably the best interest and, and it's going to help them down the line. All right. Well, you know, the earlier part of the show, we talked with, with Harris Pappas about doing trust to avoid probate because of the problems with delay right now in the courts with probate because a simple will, I leave everything to my son or daughter, make take two years right now with the process delayed, especially if you're in the wrong court. 
But one of the other reasons we do trust, if we make the trust irrevocable, which irrevocable is not as bad as it seems. It just means that the, for the most part, you need somebody else to act as trustee with you. And 90, 95% of the time, the trustee are going to be your uh, children, grandchildren, nephew, niece, whatever. But it's going to be family members, relatives. And so you kind of work in a partnership. The parents can't sell the house without the children. The children can't sell the house without the parents. 95% of the time, that's not a problem because the parents and children get along. But that 5% of the time, when there is a problem, we can fire the children and the parents can choose somebody else to be the, the executive trustee. And listen, if we do 100 trusts at any given time, if we change one out of 100, an irrevocable trust can be changed. That's what's important to, to realize in New York. You know, don't read something off the Internet or some magazine article because, you know, laws are a little different in every state. In New York, it's it's a very flexible position where we can change a trust, an irrevocable trust. We can change the trustees. We can change the beneficiaries under certain conditions. What we can't do is have full and absolute control ourselves. We need the fiction of another person being the trustee, which 90 95% of the time is going to be a family member, your son, daughter, maybe trusted nephew or niece. All right, so we set up this irrevocable trust. You put it in the assets in the trust. You're protected from medical bills right away. Now, as far as home care Medicaid, community Medicaid, you can apply for Medicaid, community Medicaid, home care Medicaid, for the next few months, you're going to be applied right away. You put the assets, literally, if we put the assets in trust in January, we can apply for home care Medicaid in February. Now, the law will be changing. We're not sure exactly when. The law has already been enacted, but it hasn't been affected yet. And they're going to change the law at some point in the future, not before April 1st, maybe not before July 1st. So if, if you have a family member who's thinking about um, applying for home care Medicaid, do it quickly before the law changes in April. Now, if you're looking for nursing home, we've got what's called a five-year look-back period for nursing home Medicaid, which you're always better off getting the clock started as far as nursing home Medicaid is concerned, because I'll give you an example in a minute, but let's say you were going to a nursing home in the near future. Put a lot of your assets in, in an irrevocable trust today, the worst case that's going to happen, you might lose about 40% of your assets, and I know that's bad, but the average cost of a nursing home right today is fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars $16,000 a month. So if you don't do anything in that circumstances, you could lose everything. If you put your assets in an irrevocable trust, you, your worst case is you're going to lose about 40% of your assets, and that's somebody going to a nursing home tomorrow. Ideally, you put your assets in an irrevocable trust, and you outweigh the five-year look-back period, which means if you apply for nursing home Medicaid, you have to document all your transactions for five years prior to your application for benefits. So again, if you want the clock started, put your assets in irrevocable trust in January, New Year's resolution, and February's month number one on, on the five-year clock. And five years goes quicker than you think. Alex, I know sometimes when you open up a file, and yes, the kids are, you know, their parents go to a nursing home, yes, the kids... How long ago we do the trust, and we look at the trust, and a lot of times it's a lot more than five years. Yeah. <clears throat> like I just spoke to somebody; they did it. The father's one hundred and two. He did it when he was eighty-one. <laughs> it was twenty-one years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, he's more than covered. So the thing is, time goes—you know—time goes a lot faster than you think, and it's always important to get the clock started. And you know, it's. 
it, it's a way to protect assets from medical bills. Medical bills not covered by insurance, usually we can protect right away. And, you know, one of the other things, too, like, which we don't spend a lot of time on, is that assets in an irrevocable trust can be protected from lawsuits pretty much right away. Now, it, most of the time, the bills that we're worried about are medical bills. But let's say somebody's in a car accident or something like that. Somebody put their assets in an irrevocable trust today. They get in a car accident tomorrow. Well, somebody sues on that car accident. They can't take the assets in the trust if it was put in before the accident. And I'll tell you, as a practical matter right now, even if you put you got in a car accident, you put your assets in an irrevocable trust today, you're going to have a very hard time. The attorneys who do these lawsuits to do personal injury, you're going to very, they're going to have a very hard time trying to collect against those assets. Technically, they can do it, but they have to bring a separate proceeding. The lawyers who bring lawsuits want to check from an insurance company. They don't want to chase you down. And, you know, because it's too much work to get a judgment, then bring the judgment to court, and then try to bring a uh, lawsuit saying that the family did a fraudulent transfer and setting their assets in a trust. And for the most part, it's too much work. Lawyers who work on a contingency, they don't want to start going through two lawsuits. They want to start, you know, they want to check from an insurance company they can cash. So that is one of the ways you can protect your assets from lawsuits is do an irrevocable trust. And even sometimes business deals go bad. Sometimes we have some professionals, medical doctors, whatever. They put their assets in an irrevocable trust to protect them as an asset protection vehicle to protect them from lawsuits. And again, if you put the asset in the trust before the lawsuit commences, you're usually in pretty good shape. And even if you do it after the lawsuit commences, technical letter of the law, it's not protected. But at the same time, there is a protection in that case because it makes it a lot easier for the attorneys, the personal injury attorneys, to try to, let's say that, say there was a fraudulent transfer, which they could do it, but it's a lot of work. And, you know, sometimes these lawsuits, if you drag them out, could take, especially in today's world, could take four or five years. So how are you going to how are you gonna tra- tra- take a transfer out that happened, uh, you know, five years ago? And, of course, if they delay it all, you may go through six years and the statute of limitations may run. Now, Alice, you, you grew up here in the, in the Bay Ridge area, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, so you go to the different offices a little bit, but you're mostly in Bay Ridge. Can you... I always find this interesting sometimes. Can you see the difference between some of the clients in Manhattan, Bay Ridge, Staten Island, and so forth? I think there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences. Obviously, you have people come in for the same reasons, right? They're coming in for estate planning or they're coming in for help with Medicaid or even for just real estate matters. Um, that being said, you know, everyone has different uh, background, different ideas. You know, sometimes in Brooklyn, you get a little more co-ops. In the Queen's office, you see more houses and condos. and But for the large majority, there is a common similarity in terms of the people who need help who are coming to us are typically people with some form of substantial assets who are trying to hold everything for their kids to inherit. So you can continue that middle class growth of uh, assets and growth um, over the next generations. I think there's a lot of concern usually by these clients to have as much as possible pass on rather than dissolve between generations. Yeah, one of the things too, of course, in Manhattan, not that many people in Manhattan own real estate outright. They own co-ops. And one of the problems we have with a co-op, 
in order to put a co-op stock certificates to a co-op and a trust, we need approval of the board. Sometimes that's routine. Sometimes it's not routine, but it's always a procedure and it takes longer than we might like it to take. Um, you know, because some co-ops boards may approve it in like one or two months. Some co-op boards, six months later, you're still waiting for final approval, depending on when it goes through their board and what their procedures are. And of course, occasionally, not that often anymore, some co-ops will say, no, we're not going to allow a transfer to the trust. I mean, our friends in Breezy Point, that's very common. Alex, is there another question that's popped up recently in, uh, you know, client discussions? Yeah. So when I started, it was in the midst of the pandemic. And during that, they had a lot of Zoom uh, virtual signings. You had remote signings. And people are still asking about if that's a possibility here in New York State. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things that happened. I mean, Andrew Cuomo signed an executive order saying we can sign, you know, deeds, trust, wills um, through Zoom or, you know, another another distancing uh, advice, device, computer or whatever. Um, right now, that was that was thrown out. Now, I'm not sure if that was like just a backlash against Cuomo's executive orders that happened because of all the politics that were happening on that point. But no, right now we cannot sign a will, a power of attorney, um, trust deed through, um, through a device such as Zoom. You know, it's just, it was thrown out. Now, you know, I questioned at the time, especially when it first came in, I questioned whether we really had authority to change the law and wills to say that you could sign a will through a device, not in person, because, you know, for hundreds of years, a will had to be signed in front of two witnesses. There were always some exceptions in battle. Um, somebody couldn't get to a lawyer. They could sign a, a will in some states in their own handwriting or whatever. It was not witnessed. But for the most part, the rule was that if it was a will, you had to sign in front of two witnesses. The two witnesses had to sign in front of you. And that was the procedure. And, and of course, it's one, one of the things, too, which... You know, sometimes people would print up wills off the internet, off the, you know, they buy something by uh, We the People or one of those other companies, um, and, you know, wills would get screwed up because it's not just as simple as putting your name in the right place in the right box. A will's not just a, write, a writing where, you, you know, you fill out the form correctly and it goes through. A will is a writing witnessed by two people who are willing to testify in court that they witnessed the will in accordance with the laws of the state of New York. It's not just as simple as filling out a form. And, you know, when we had the Zoom wills, uh, there, there were some things we did lose. We were not sure, ordinarily, if we're signing a will, if, if it's not among the family members equally, we want to make sure nobody else is in the room except the person who's signing the will and the witnesses. And, you know, every once in a while, we're we're on the Zoom thing. We see a shadow or something. We're not sure the person's alone, and that was that was a problem that we went through. So you know, like if they're in our office, or even if we go to a nursing home and we're in the nursing home room, we can see who's in the room. You know, by Zoom, you couldn't always see, you know, who everybody was in the room, and that that was one of the problems we had. Uh, at the same time, listen, even that today, you know, if you got a COVID outbreak in a, in a nursing home. How do you get a will signed? How do you get two witnesses and a notary in a nursing home where they've had a COVID outbreak? Even a nursing home where there's no problems, nothing else has happened. How do you get it in there? So it was helpful. I didn't like it. I thought it was a change in the law. I don't think it was 
I, I think sooner or later there's going to be a will contest someday of somebody saying, hey, the governor didn't have the authority by executive order to change the wills that have been in the New York State, you know, codicils for uh, codified for, you know, 150 years. And all of a sudden he changes. It's an interesting it'll be an interesting question when it comes up. But, you know, I and I, I should say this again, a will is not just a writing. You know, sometimes some of the biggest mistakes, some of the biggest lawsuits we have is somebody prints up a will off the Internet, gets any two people to witness it. There's a problem with the will or whatever. Somebody can test the will. The witnesses have to go to court and testify. And if you're either way, you know, there could be a problem. Like if I'm objecting to a will and I have two um, amateur witnesses, I can I can I can guarantee you I can get them in a deposition to say something that would contradict the laws of the state of New York as, as far as the, the signing of the will. Like, in other words, if you sign two copies of the will, that might invalidate it. And a lot of people are not going to say that. And then you ask them, how many copies of the will did you sign? They're going to say, in a lot of cases, they're going to say two. And, you know, that could throw the will out. And at the other side of the coin, if I'm trying to probate the will, the last thing I want is an amateur witness who a lawyer asks him a question. Did you sign the, the, did you see the decedent sign in front of you? Did you know you were signing a will? And sometimes the witness say, I don't know. That looks like my signature. I probably signed it. Maybe I thought it was a will. Maybe not. And that will could be denied probate. A will is not, again, I'm saying this again, but a will is not just a writing where you fill out the blanks and it's good. A will is a writing where in, in front of two witnesses who are willing to testify in court that they signed a will in accordance with the laws of the state of New York. And, you know, a lot of sins go through by omission because nobody really checks it out because maybe nobody contests the will. It looks good on paper. But, again, it's a dangerous game to play. And if you're going to do a will, please see a lawyer to to do a will. And if you want to see us do your will, you're more than welcome. You can give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Again, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. I have children. How can I protect them if something happens Will my to assets be lost if I go into a nursing home? We have property. How will it affect the ones still here? Who will help us take care of Grandma? These questions can be answered by calling 718-238-6500 for a free consultation from Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, providing dedicated, caring, and highly responsive legal services. They're focused on issues that matter to you, protection of your family, preservation of your assets, and respect of your wishes with dignity. That's all I want from a lawyer, making it easier for my children. Call 718-238-6500. Get a free consultation. Connors & Sullivan's clients don't get lost in the cracks. They have dedicated attorneys who know their clients and the issues that matter most to them. Connors & Sullivan's estate planning, elder law, and probate attorneys work closely with every client. Don't leave behind problems for your family. Call 718-238-6500 and get a free consultation today. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. 
Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, they are cousins, sisters, they are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help, too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Uh, we got a revolving door in the studio here today. <laughs> Harris and Alex are gone, and Beth Connors came in. You know, and Michael's behind the controls, and Otto's been here the whole time. So, Beth, uh, you know, we had a comment from somebody about estate taxes in New York um, and and charitable giving. Let Which me just, is now's the season for everybody. Let me just go through this in your estate. New York State, and I'm going to use the numbers right now for 2021. They'll change slightly. Right now in New York State, there's no estate tax under $5,930,000. Starting January 1st, which we're talking about roughly only a few days from now, the estate tax in New York will go to $6,030,000. I'm sorry, $6,060,000. So let me explain sometimes how people can really get hammered in between, let's say you have somebody, I'm going to go by this year's tax rates because I'm more familiar with the numbers. So let's say somebody today, a single person, because remember, there's no tax between husband and wife, no estate tax between husband and wife. So let's say a single person dies today and their net estate after all their bills are paid and everything else has a $6 million estate. Now, the first $5,930,000 is tax free. So 70000 you're 70000 over. Well, that can't be too bad, right? Well, here's the problem in New York. If you go over $5,930,000, you're 
your whole estate is taxed from dollar one. So basically, that incurs an estate tax of $172,000. Don't ask me the logic of it. It's typical New York State tax logic, you know, soak the rich. So one of the things we can do in those cases where you have the borderline, and, and the same formula apply if we go to next year when it's 6030000 So we give enough to charity in the event you're on that borderline, that bubble. You give enough to charity so we cut down the estate tax. You say, I give an amount that will reduce my estate tax to zero in New York State to XYZ charity. Then let's say St. Francis in Beirut. Then at that point, let's say you have a $6 million net estate, you give $70,000 to charity, and your heirs get a $172,000 deduction. So I don't think, I mean, I, I know the math makes no sense, but take it on faith. That's what it is. So if, if you're in that area where you're at, like, say, roughly $6 million in New York State, and you don't want to start making gifts right now because maybe you're giving it to nephews and nieces and you don't want to start, you know, dissipating your money, you want to hold on to it. Well, this is a way we can we can give an amount in your will equal enough to get you out free of New York State estate taxes. And your heirs are better off because, again, you give $70,000 to charity and you get $172,000 deduction. And I know it makes no sense, but take it on faith. And if you ever want to come in my office and go over the numbers, you're more than welcome to do that. You can give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. There's no charge for the initial consultation. Everything we do as far as estate planning, elder laws on a flat fee basis. So, you know, you're more than welcome to to give us a call. And, and speaking about St. Francis and Beirut, Beth, you had a... You want to mention something? Well, yes. We had um, a lovely dinner that we went to the other night for Legatus. And um, sometimes we get to see people that we haven't seen for the longest time. And, you know, Mr. Monahan is such a sweetheart. Our Domino's Pizza magnet. I mean, he, he loves my husband. And we yeah, got but to, let's not. He sold Domino's Pizza off because Domino's Pizza oh, yeah. is doing some negative things in the news right now. Oh yeah, now. well it's not his anymore. Right. But that's but he started it. it the idea, the the um the concept, and when all his profits and everything, he has just he's helped. He's built hospitals. He's built universities, law schools. An incredible man. So anyway, so once uh, they have a, we have the Christmas party, and at the Christmas party we had a, uh, with just, um, but there was someone missing this year, and that was Father Paul. Yeah, well, Father Paul is stuck because people ask me about Father Paul. I, I would say at least a couple of times a week somebody asks me how's Father Paul doing, but Father Paul is stuck in Lebanon. He's trying to get his permits approved to get his clinic reopened in Beirut. Remember, in August, a year ago, a year and a half ago, there was a tremendous explosion in Beirut. The clinic was destroyed. The building was destroyed. A couple of nurses were killed. Father Paul landed in the hospital for weeks. Um, he was walking around with crutches and bandages over his head for, for months. So... Um, So, you know, in fact, we were shocked when he came back from Beirut and we saw him. But in any event, he's trying to get his permits. He says now he's going to be back toward the end of January. So our prayers are with him. And and again, you know, like I know many of you have been very generous to Father Paul. But 
if you can find it in your heart to give them some money out of your will, because I know a lot of people out there, you're, you, you know, you don't have a lot of liquid assets to live off of. You don't have a lot of income. You're living on a fixed income. And, and we know right now in inflation, it's very, very, very hard. Um, but at the same time, if you can find it in your heart and your will, let's say after you're gone, let's say you got a million dollar house and you make a gift out of the house, no matter how small, a couple of thousand dollars. If you can think of Father Paul and your will or your trust in that case, when your house is sold and you're not really hurting anyone else. And of course, as we talked about from estate taxes, you know, is a deduction off your estate tax return. So Father Paul, you know, again, he's in our prayers. Hopefully we'll see him the end of January. We'll have him on the show soon after he comes back. And he'll tell about what's going on over there in the Middle East. And, of course, he has always an interesting observations, you know, on, on what's going on in the Middle East. And I know he's not going to be crazy about the Biden administration and what they're doing. So, you know, that, that goes without saying from Father Paul. Um, well, let's give a shout out to some of our other guests that were at the dinner with us. Um, Catholic Charities was represented. Yeah, and- Father Keating from Catholic Charities, Marty Golden from Catholic Charities, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn. That's and right. Queens. Our we Catholic Charities. We don't want to get confused with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of New York. They do great work, but we do better work in Brooklyn. <laughs> we, we service more people. <laughs> You know, listen, if you can't be proud of Brooklyn, what can you be proud exactly of? Exactly right. Now, Bill Hodges I, in the Hall of Fame. Hooray, hooray. Um, also, there was Father Gillen. And, Mike, you had some fun with, oh, with well, Father yeah. Gillen. He um, he went on a whole thing about the, the theology of Star Wars and how modern myth can be used to, you know, very interesting philosophically and theologically. And so we, we were having fun talking about science fiction and fantasy and all that and how it relates to certain religious precepts. And we had a... a Professor a, Molnar was yes. there who was on the yep. show just a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he, he's a relatively conservative theologian, but he has some uh, viewpoints that are not quite orthodox. In other words, he believes that there is no um, canonical reason why a woman cannot be uh, ordained a priest. You know, because the New Testament kind of changed things around. And it, it's an interesting thought. And he is a relatively conservative theologian on a lot of other points. Um, so it's interesting. We'll have to get him back on the show sometime and talk about that. Um, well, we also had a couple of uh, friends. The Phyllis and Frank were there. And we're hoping they're going to be interested in joining Legatus with us. And then shout out to the um, New York City Legatus chapter. Um, they do, you know, wonderful things on their own. The And, you know, it might be a, an exciting time to get involved with Legatus and New York City if, you, if you're interested and you qualify because... There are a lot of chapters now in Connecticut, for example, um, New Jersey, elsewhere, that want to come into the city and start doing events, cross-chapter events. So yeah. that was one thing that was coming up there. And, of course, there was a great speech by Lou Holtz. Right. So that's... Well, and, that, and, you know, and Michael, you mentioned something. There were some similarities in Lou Holtz's speech 
in Alan West's speech. That's right. And then yeah. I, I, I kind of remember back a few years ago when we were in Florida, Lou Holtz was campaigning for Alan West for Congress. <laughs> so I guess they're sharing their quotes or stealing from each yeah. other. I don't when, know which they, it's, Mark Wayne, it's Mark Twain's original. I know, but they're, still, but they're also stealing from each other. <laughs> the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you know why. Okay, well, we're getting into the Advent season, and that's how we're going to close this, the show off. We'll be back next week at the same times and places, hopefully. Of course, every once in a while, Saturday evening, we're switched around for a football or a basketball game. But, and that's okay. You know, but we'll see you before Christmas. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye-bye, everybody.
Hi, Kevin McCullough. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 